0: Coming up in this episode of Can You Believe It? I have edited.
1: I have edited a little bit out of that sense, but yes, he does use remarkable twice there. Uh-huh. so okay. it gives you some indication of the quality of the writing in the books. Yeah, <laughs> this is in- that's
0: insane, though. Yeah, but
1: just invis- is invisibility not enough for you? Are yeah. you not entertained? Yeah, I'm just like- <laughs> You like wherever oh, they decide, he's just left a
0: kidney in the drywall somewhere. <laughs> like- <laughs> What's the smell behind the wall?
1: You
2: were foes in the skies, a is controlling your life. Can you believe it? Drop circles in Jesus' toast, the time that to go.
1: Hello and welcome to Can You Believe It, a semi-regular podcast on the unexplained that asks the all-important question, can you believe it? My name is Matt Neal and I'm joined, as per usual, by someone who is mostly house-trained and free to a good home, the Colonel. Thanks for joining us, Colonel. Howdy. Are you destroying things over there? You- yes. Okay, Cool. Uh, I'm also joined by pen license holder and the man who invented hats, Brady Jones. Yeah. Welcome, Brady. Did, you, uh, did I tell
0: you that story yet? Well, I'll
1: tell you, you, no, I'll tell you later. Like, that like, you invented like, hats? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's here. I wrote it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, before we dive into today's tale of perplexing puzzlement, let's hear a message from our sponsor, Colonel.
2: Uh, today's podcast is sponsored by the amazing new product, The You Show. Tired of not relating on a human level to, t- to today's reality show characters? Are you sick of reality shows that don't star you? Fuel your own descent into over-inflated self-worth with the latest product from Narcissismo. The show made by you, about you, for you. Our film-it-yourself kit includes a massive 16 cameras mounted to our advanced swarm of drones that will film you every second of every day. The intelligent editing algorithm will come up with a new episode of The You Show for you daily for you to share with your friends. Subscribe to the premium package and redub classic comebacks you missed in the moment. Edit out toilet breaks and tell your life story (laughs) the way it really happened. Relive those classic (laughs) you moments with the added benefit of soft lighting, CGI dinosaurs, and explosions. The You Show,
1: coming to a you near you. Excellent. Thank you to uh, Narcissismo for that one. Okay. I'm now going to read a uh, story of the paranormal and unexplained. Uh, And this one, actually, this uh, is about uh, someone who got mentioned in the Mary Celeste episode way back when. The Kraken. He, he popped up before, too, did <laughs> yeah. he? Yeah. He's getting a, a few mentions. Morris Ketchum Jessup was born in 1900 near Rockville, Indiana. From an early age, he had an interest in astronomy, and in his 20s, he received a Bachelor of Science degree in astronomy, followed by a Master of Science degree. He worked at the Lamont Hussey Observatory and took part in archaeological digs in Mexico and Peru. He began work on his doctorate in astrophysics, but never completed it. Instead, he began working odd jobs, including as an automobile parts salesman and a photographer. But history remembers him best for his work in the field of ufology. Jessup said his interest in UFOs came from, quote, "...the early reports of flying saucers." He lists businessman Kenneth Arnold's sighting of nine gleaming discs while on a private plane near Mount Rainier, Washington, in June 1947 as a key factor in his interest and the beginning of, quote, the controversy about the so-called flying saucers. Quote, since that memorable day, thousands of other sightings have been reported and verified, and still the question must be asked, what are they? But more importantly, where do they come from? What is their purpose here? And... If they can do it, why can't we? References in dusty volumes in the Library of Congress flashed through my mind. References I had noted years ago, which now, in the light of these developments, seem to offer a new field of research, of analysis and correlation, which might throw light upon the matter.
0: Hmm. So an accomplished young chap.
2: Yeah, I
0: don't know. I, I need to hear more. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Well, this is the end. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs>
1: This, quote, new field of research led to Jessop's 1955 book, The Case for the UFO. In it, he laid out the theory that the UFO phenomenon was one worthy of further study and suggested they were exploratory craft that had most likely been visiting Earth for millennia. A good thirteen years before Eric von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods, Jessup supposed that aliens had played a hand in advancing ancient civilizations on Earth. Mm. Is and- this
2: the ancient aliens episode?
1: No, just you wait and see. <laughs> uh, but that book, the case for the UFO, is it mentions the Mary Celeste. He was the one who suggested in that episode that it was UFO, a UFO. Okay, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is nice callback. Morris Jessup is back. This guy is
0: our left turn. Yeah, right. always
1: yeah. oh, turning into Morris Jessup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jessup came to these conclusions during his time working on archaeological digs. In the Incan ruins of Peru, he concluded the stonework had to have been, quote, erected by the levitating power of spaceships in antediluvian or pre-biblical flood times. That's what antediluvian means. Uh, while in Mexico, he decided a group of craters in the high plateaus were similar to craters on the moon and must, quote, have been made by objects from space. Which, Which that's not. Yeah, that's, that's th- actually that yeah, seems. True.
2: Yep, that's. Totally Ding. Legit. <laughs> you got
1: one. You got one, Morris. <laughs> the case for the UFO attracted some attention within the growing ufology fraternity, enough to encourage Jessup to write three more books on the subject. But it also attracted the attention of a man writing variously under the names of Carlos Miguel Alonde and Carl M. Allen. Hmm. Mm. Carl uh, Allen. <laughs> Ellen's first letter to Jessup, which is lost to time, was sent on January the 5th, 1956, and apparently detailed Allen's familiarity with a device capable of levitation, a topic covered a great length in the case for the UFO. Jessup wrote in reply, Dear Mr. Allende, your most remarkable letter is without doubt the most remarkable report that I have had out of hundreds of letters from readers of my book.
2: Your remarkable it's, letter was
1: remarkable. I have edited edit a little bit out of that sense, but yes, he does use "remarkable" twice there. Oh. <laughs> so it gives you some indication of the quality of the writing in the books. Yeah. <laughs> I am retyping You're it. remarkable. Yeah, I am retyping it so that copies can be studied by my technical associates, and would like all the information I can get from you about more details, and especially names and addresses of witnesses. This material is of the greatest importance. Allen wrote back again, and his reply was even more intriguing to Jessup. In the case for UFOs, Jessup had referenced Einstein's unified field theory, and this was apparently what had triggered Allen's letters. In his second letter, Allen detailed an experiment performed by the US Navy based on Albert Einstein's unified field theory, which was Einstein's attempt to reconcile gravity and electromagnetism. Hmm. So, the 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 big scale um, maths and, and physics of the universe, as well as the subatomic stuff, that's what the grand unifying theory
0: does. I it. knew that already.
1: That was for the listeners at home. <laughs> oh, I you. knew that you were okay. educated, man, and yeah. didn't need to know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Einstein spent the last 20 years of his life unsuccessfully trying to find a single theory that applied to the rules that govern the galaxy, i.e. gravity, and the ones that govern atoms and particles, i.e. electromagnetism. I already had written that in there to know, to say that, and I just interrupted <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, uh, do you know what this one is, Colonel?
2: I have a few ideas that it, like of what it could be, yeah, but I don't
1: I, know. I thought you might. I think this is one of the ones that you've spoken angrily about in the past in private conversations with me. That you, yeah, right. you don't like this one, which right, is why okay. I've done it.
2: Yeah, of course you would, despite yep. me.
1: Yep. Despite Einstein's theory never being realized prior to his death in 1955, Alondon inferred in his letter that the incomplete theory was somehow weaponized by the US Navy. From Allen's second letter to Jessup, quote, The result was complete invisibility of a ship, destroyer type, and all of its crew while at sea.
0: Rad. I think I've heard about this. Yeah, this
2: is the Philadelphia experiment.
1: Correctamundo. One of the classic paranormal tales. Mm. Uh, And I have to say, I didn't know too much about this one before reading it, and it was absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah, I only know this bit. Everything from here- All right. Is a mystery. Strap in. I'm in with you (coughs) listeners on the ride.
1: (laughs) Uh, Further quote from Alan's uh, letter. The field was effective in an oblate spheroidal shape extending 100 yards, more or less due to lunar position and latitude, out from each beam of the ship. Any person within that sphere became vague in form, but... He too observed those persons aboard that ship as though they too were of the same state, yet were walking upon nothing. Any person without that sphere could see nothing save the clearly defined shape of the ship's hull in the water, providing, of course, that that person was just close enough to see, yet just barely outside of the field. Mm I
0: should
1: point out that the capitalization through these writings is just all over the shop like it's just random (laughs) and there's random capital words it does smack of angry man typing on facebook kind of (laughs) writing so Allen's letter was the first mention of something that was reportedly known as project rainbow or as it would come to be known to most people the philadelphia experiment it involved the uss eldridge a cannon class destroyer escort in the us navy built in newark new jersey the Eldridge was officially launched on July 25, 1943, but before then it was fitted with several large generators that were part of a secret weapons program to turn the tide of the war and defeat the Nazis. The project was overseen by a doctor, Franklin Reno, whom Allen referred to as a friend. It's unclear if it's the same Franklin Vincent Reno, who was a mathematician and US Army contractor and was later revealed to be a Soviet spy about five years later.
0: Oh... Okay.
1: As Philadelphia Experiment expert Andrew Hochheimer, and this guy is a, an expert on this. Whether that's a credential you put on a resume or not, yeah. I don't know. But
0: he's just a man with a plan. This,
1: this yeah. man is a man with a website, and it's excellent. I owe a lot of research to this website. <laughs> uh, Andrew Hochheimer put it. The Aldridge was, quote, fitted with tons of experimental electronic equipment. The accounts vary as to whether the original idea was to achieve invisibility to enemy radar or whether the prize sought after was more profound, optical invisibility. Either way, it is commonly believed that the mechanism involved was the generation of an incredibly intense magnetic field around the ship, which would cause refraction or bending of light or radar waves around the ship, much like a mirage created by heated air over a road on a summer day. Yeah,
0: so the wavy kind of air.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this it all sounds like legit science so far, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. and I can see the benefit. To- like, yeah, yeah, worth
1: it. Worth trying. Mm, I'm yes, not sure no. about. It. Let's <laughs> just okay. like
2: apply like incredibly strong magnetic fields to things. Yeah, this is until where I'm getting concerned. Happens. Like, that's what could that's possibly
0: a- go wrong? Yeah, the iron in people's blood. Um, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> they like create like, <laughs> yeah,
2: like horribly disfigured mutants, like part
0: ship, part man. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> almost, I don't think magnets do that. Do you're they?
1: actually kind of close to where this is going. Believe it or not. What? The crew aboard the ship reportedly believed the generators would simply, quote, make the warship invisible to enemy radar. The first test of this experimental equipment occurred at the Philadelphia Naval Yard at 9 a.m. on July 22nd, 1943, which is apparently three days before the Eldridge was officially launched. In broad daylight and in view of other ships, the generators were switched on. They began to hum loudly. Mm
0: hmm
2: so like, there's two generators mounted on there's the like warship four,
1: the yeah oh like, maybe i don't know yeah was it yeah. four was it two i don't know I can't a remember. lot yeah but yeah more than one You just banged
2: yeah. on a whole bunch of like magnetic generator like magnetic field generators until something happened yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's usually how it goes Fucking Just keep going
1: turn like, it on and see what it does yeah like, that's a great scientific principle Hockheimer wrote, a greenish fog was seen to slowly envelop the ship, concealing it from view. Then the fog itself is said to have disappeared, taking the Eldridge with it, leaving only undisturbed water where the ship had been anchored only moments before. So
2: instead of invisibility, they teleported the ship.
1: They fucking smoke bomb, bamf. Yeah, bamf the ship. Yeah,
2: damn it, we put the wrong gas. Well, in well the no. Smoke well, bomb. At, this, at
1: this stage, all they're saying is it disappeared. They're just saying it disappeared from view. Yeah, well, okay. We're not talking about teleportation at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. This
0: is this is in, that's insane though.
1: Yeah, but just invis is invisibility not enough for you? Are yeah. you not entertained? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's just the way that you described it,
2: as if it's like not there anymore. Like not that it's just it's there, but you can't see it that it wasn't mm. there anymore.
1: Well, that, yeah, okay. leaving only undisturbed water where the ship had been anchored only moments. It does seem like Because it, it earlier bathed. they made yeah. the
2: stipulation that you could see the clearly defined hull of the ship in the water. Yes, the story does oh. seem to
1: change a little bit as things go along here. Sorry, um, I, I just picked up on that detail. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's a good point. Um, Hockheimer's stuff is um, kind of pulling together lots and bits of pieces, and that is taken from um, a, a general description of- what the What's things, it thought yeah. to have happened? Yeah. yeah. So, that specific bit, I can't- I'm not going to fault his-
0: Well, it sounds like it's exceeded yeah. the expected it Potentially, of, yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: The scientists and naval officers on the dock were said to be dumbstruck by what had happened. After 15 minutes, they ordered the, gen- the generator shut down and the green fog slowly returned, followed by the Eldridge within the fog. The celebrations and backslapping by the scientists and naval officers were soon disrupted by the realization the crew of the Aldridge were all incredibly disorientated and nauseous.
0: Mm.
2: Alan mm. wrote, They got invisibility sickness. Oh, <laughs> well, just like that. <laughs> did you not see the Hobbit? Uh, sorry, not the, the oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> like he gets that when he puts the ring on it. It
0: oh, starts seeing so that's weird. That's what it stuff. feels like. It's invisibility <laughs> sickness. Um- but I mean, like, that must just be insane strain, like, intense magnet sort of forces around, like, people, what that does, like, yeah. Yeah, mm. it's
2: got- it's got to be bad for you. It's got to ruffle your jimmies. Bad like, juju. It, yeah, that's- that's, yeah. that's
0: doing something unnatural.
1: Ellen wrote that, quote, half of the officers and the crew of that ship are at present mad as hatters. A few are even yet confined to certain areas where they may receive trained scientific aid. He said the ones who were hidden and receiving treatment often, quote, get stuck. The men freeze on the spot, unable to move, apparently frozen in time. What?
2: That is- Awesome.
0: Like, imagine, (laughs) like- (laughs) like some paralysis thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, but like
2: it's- Like,
1: locked in. Like- Yeah. yeah.
2: It it would
0: be such a creepy
2: occurrence. It would be horrifying. Yeah.
1: Quote, sometimes it takes only an hour or so, sometimes all night and all day long. And worse, it once took six months to get a man unfrozen, wrote Alan. Are they aging, like, during this period, like,
2: regularly and and (laughs) eating and shitting and all the rest of it? Like- Uh,
1: they didn't specify. The, oh, hang on. No, not about the not about the eating and shitting bit. But quote: Deep frozen men are not aware of time as we know it. Deep They're,
2: frozen. That's a cool term. Yeah. yeah,
1: they are like semi-comatose person who live, breathe, look, and feel. ...but still are unaware of so utterly many things as to constitute a netherworld to them.
2: They just become like a glitched NPC. Yeah.
1: They, they, can't, they yes. can't offer you the quest anymore. No. <laughs> like, <No. laughs>
2: well, this quest is broken.
1: A man in an ordinary common freeze is aware of time, sometimes acutely so, yet they are never aware of time precisely as you or I are aware of it. The first deep freeze, as I said, took six months to rectify. It also took over $5 million worth of electronic equipment and a special ship berth. Wow. What? I don't know. They're keeping it on a naval hospital boat or something, is yeah. all I can tell there. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, writing in 1955, Alan said, Very few of the crew from the first Philadelphia experiment 12 years earlier were still alive quote most went insane one just walked through his quarters wall in sight of his wife and child and two other crew members he wrote
2: so uh, somebody the, they're saying that some of these sailors died from insanity
1: yeah I guess so but he's also saying you that can't one die of these
2: from insanity can you
1: uh I don't it's know, the result you go- of well, the insanity. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if you go crazy and decide to stop eating or whatever. I think whatever, they're like- trying to
0: say that, like, mental
1: illness is probably tipped into a lot of- Yeah, but,
2: like, yeah, like it's it's just that classic, like, urban legend thing where it's just vague enough for yeah, yeah. it to be believable in in a way, but without having to give any specific details.
0: Like a ship disappearing. Yeah.
1: It's kind of specific. Yeah, that's pretty specific. It's got the name of the ship. <laughs> give it that. Okay. And where, where it was, he knew where it was and where and what the ship was. That's, you know, that's at least something. Some of this stuff is, is, is a bit, yes, you're right, yeah, It's yeah. a little bit more airy-fairy. So this one man who walked through the wall of his quarters in sight of at least four witnesses and was never seen again.
2: Yeah, and, through- and, and, and so, that, like, where are the witnesses? Uh, do we hear from them, like, the witnesses? We'll come, come to, to, come to, to how that? You Watching a man through walk
0: through a wall. A wall, like, you need a run-up, surely. Like,
1: I don't feel like, you know- Kitty Pride, X-Men powers, you just kind of walk through the wall. Well, yeah, like yeah. the vision, you just if kind of Cut just pass it through. If cartoons have taught me God. anything, it's if that magnetic
2: fields can like- Change the mass your and density. And then yeah. like remake you, like wherever oh, they decide.
0: He's just left a kidney in the drywall somewhere.
2: <laughs> 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 What's the
1: smell behind the wall? <laughs> McCollin stuck
2: in there. <laughs> oh,
1: Alan yeah. also claimed two men caught fire and burned for 18 days. What? Yeah, well, invisibility will do that. Quote, the experiment was a complete success, wrote Alan. The men were complete failures. Wow. What? Good line. Good line.
2: The, the,
1: the experiment was a
2: complete success. Yeah, they turned,
1: that- they turned the ship invisible. Yeah, but, right. the men- but at the cost of, like, yeah. destroying their- Yes. But at what cost?
0: Yeah.
2: But, yeah, okay. they get, I guess they got the knowledge that invisibility, like, lights people on fire, which is-
1: For 18 know, days.
0: <laughs> valuable. Like, oh, make, how can we use
1: this to fuel things? Yeah. <laughs> make an omelette, oh. you're going to break some eggs.
0: Oh. <laughs> you got to
2: fucking incinerate sailors. God, the, it's just horrific. The
1: yeah. crew were discharged and a new crew assembled before the next test on October 28th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> According to Hochheimer, the Navy decided that they only wanted radar invisibility and the equipment was altered ahead of the second test.
2: I don't know what I'm volunteering for, but I'm doing my duty. I got told to get on a boat and everybody went crazy. I said, I'm already crazy. I saw a guy
1: on fire. I saw a guy walk through a wall on fire. (laughs) This time the generators were turned on, but there was no green fog. Instead, the Eldridge turned, quote, near invisible. Then after a few seconds, there was a blinding blue flash and the ship disappeared completely. Bamf. Wow. It's claimed the Eldridge appeared seconds later in Norfolk, Virginia, a distance of about 450 kilometers. <laughs> the ship then disappeared again Banff. from Norfolk and bamfed back into Philadelphia. Wow. What?
0: Yeah.
1: Now we have teleportation, gentlemen. Right. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> Magnets What do they do How do they what? work yeah, well, yeah.
2: I think the question is What can't they do mm, mm. Yeah They can do everything Like you know how Like you see those Commercials on TV Where like You know people are like oh, I've got a sore back And like sleep on magnets And everything yeah. is better
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Wear a magnet around your head Yeah i yeah. put
2: this magnet Around my head And now I just think Really great And I don't have migraines Like it's like just all And these- now I speak Mandarin <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I can hear colours. (laughs) Wow.
0: This um, yeah, I might just start eating them for the unknown. Well, you should, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, You should. You should all eat more magnets. Yeah, document it. (laughs) Document though, like make sure you document. (laughs)
1: In his second letter, (laughs) Alan- That's the one thing you get from this show. Man killed by ingesting
2: 1,000
1: magnets. The one takeaway is we should all eat more magnets.
2: Man starts his own magnetic field after injecting (laughs) 100 (laughs)
1: magnets.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: oh, God. <laughs> in his second letter, Alan doesn't separate the experiments into two distinct experiments, but writes, quote, The experiment- experimental ship disappeared from its Philadelphia dock and only a f- very few minutes later appeared at its other dock in the Norfolk, Newport, uh, Newport Smith area. This was distinctly and clearly identified as being that place but the ship then again disappeared and went back to its philadelphia dock in only a very few minutes or less this was also noted in the newspapers but i forget what paper i read it in or when it happened (laughs) (laughs) could have stopped that sentence that line paragraph a sentence early but yeah
2: it's such a i remember being angry about this now It, Mm. it is it's such a preposterous like thing like the there's nothing men. to designate that it's going to arrive in its other harbor it just randomly seemingly as if it was a sentient ship yeah. new to g- like tra- teleport to the other harbor to
0: and a body of water yeah. more importantly
2: well, well, like- yeah like <laughs> it's <laughs> in <interesting, laughs> <up> in the <laughs> middle <laughs> of bob's house yeah, like inside uh, the statue of liberty or yeah. something <laughs> like.
1: it's just in the head of the statue <laughs> of liberty yeah. is that a boat sticking out of the statue of oh. liberty has that always been there?
0: <laughs> yep. The French know, invasion playing out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's my first time in New York, but i would ne- never seen this in the postcards. <laughs> uh, when the ship was investigated, the crew were violently ill and some were missing, never to be seen this again. This is
2: crew number two. Crew right. two. Yep. Yeah. Did, did, did they give them a brief on what happened to crew number one before no. <laughs> they volunteered for
1: crew number two? Uh, no, that's been- the end of the briefing. Sorry, we don't have time for that.
0: Have you ever been part of a research thing? Uh, no. Yeah, they don't tell you much. Yeah, Amage, amage, amage. <laughs>
1: so, some crew members were missing, never to be seen again, and five sailors were fused to the metal of the ship. <gasps> Their arms and legs stuck partway through the walls, deck, and hull of the Whoa. ship.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> part boat, part man. This is man. actual,
0: like, NPC glitch nightmare, yeah. like, falling through, like, <laughs> oh, hello, sir. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, horrible
2: conglomerative of, of yeah, people, Yeah, like I'm, I'm
0: trying to be, like, funny about a, quite a horrific description mm. of something. It, it, no, it reminds yeah.
2: me of, like, John Carpenter's The Thing, you know, this, like... Yeah, like, mucus and, like, sinew and stuff. All these people, like, few... Is that too much? Too much.
1: (laughs) Enjoy your dinner. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, half people sticking half out of boats. Hochheimer wrote, they wanted to cloak the ship from view, but they got dematerialization and teleportation. Instead, instead.
2: we made boatmen. Yeah, the first Transformers. <laughs> several boat people.
0: <laughs>
2: That's probably the sound effect,
0: right? Like- yeah.
1: The first boat people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that night, the sailors from onboard the USS Aldridge headed to a bar. A fight broke out between the sailors and some other customers. Quote allegedly from a newspaper article. Uh, According to a pair of very nervous waitresses, the shore patrol had arrived first and cleared the place out, but not before two of the sailors involved allegedly did a disappearing act. Uh, Quote within the quote, they just sort of vanished into thin air right there, reported one of the frightened hostesses. And I had been drinking either. Bamf. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Just walking through walls. Other versions of the story have the two sailors walking through a wall in the middle of the Mallet and that the two waitresses required psychiatric treatment after the incident. Mm. The Navy has always denied that the experiments took place.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: As you would expect, probably, (laughs) if this this was true or not, either way. Yeah. In a third letter to Jessup, Alan claimed to have intimate knowledge of the experiments, but his memory was problematic. Quote, I can be of some positive help to you in, my, in myself, but to do so would require a hypnotist, sodium pentothal, a tape recorder, and an excellent typist slash secretary in order to produce material of real value to you, he wrote.
2: <laughs> what was the fucking- also, What was the uh, solution? That it, it was uh, like truth serum or something?
1: S- yeah, sodium pentothal, which yeah. was considered to be a truth serum of sorts. Yeah. But, yeah. Well- yeah.
0: Just a drug a that makes you. A thousand brown MMs. <laughs>
1: like a I uh, <laughs> need a comfy chair and a thousand brown MMs and some slippers <laughs> <laughs> and a snorkel <laughs> and an avocado. <laughs> and this next bit is all written in capitals. How would you like to actually speak to or some of the men? A man who was once an invisible Haman being. Haman being. being. That's what is written there. Oh well. my
2: god.
1: Alan claims to have witnessed one of the Philadelphia experiments, presumably the first one, from the deck of the SS Andrew Furosith, which was close enough for Alan to be able to put his arm up to the elbow into this unique force field. I was wow. up to the
2: elbow in this wow. sucker. I'll tell you, it's real. <laughs>
1: Elbow deep within the borderline Yeah
0: What happened to his Like the lower half of his arm Just like all distorted And <laughs>
1: Comes back and Came, it, like, came like,
0: out okay.
2: Came out He had a battleship On the end of it
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Oh li- you made my battleship Like a life-saving <laughs> ring Or something Hey <laughs>
1: That's way better I was just gonna say it Comes back with like ten fingers But uh, That's how I became yeah. Life preserver man
0: <laughs> 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 <Shug-a-doo-ga-doo>.
1: <laughs> Quote I felt the push. Push of that force field against the solidness of my arm and hand, outstretched into its humming, pushing, propelling flow. I watched the air all around the ship turn slightly, ever so slightly darker than all the other air. I saw after a few minutes a foggy green mist arise like a thin cloud. This must have been a mist of atomic particles. I watched as thereafter the ship became rapidly invisible to human eyes. Mm.
0: It's a good story. Yeah,
1: no, he's telling us I've good here. Yeah. I've said that a lot. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry, I should stop.
1: No, no, it's good. It's a common theme. That's fine. Yeah.
0: You did, you're doing good, Matt. Keep, Keep up, up the good
1: work, Brady.
0: Yeah, enjoy.
1: <laughs> uh, further quote. The field had a sheet of pure electricity around it as it flowed. It was strong enough to almost knock me completely off balance. And had my entire body been within that field, the flow would have been a most- absolute with an absolute certainty would have knocked me flat on my own ship's deck as it was my entire body was not within that force field when it reached maximum strength density i was not knocked down but my arm and hand only pushed backward with the field's flow Hmm. so good it's good Jessup continued correspondence with Alan, but became increasingly frustrated at a lack of definite answers and information. He was ready to drop his investigation when he received a strange call from the Office of Naval Research in Washington. It seems a copy of Jessup's book, The Case for the UFO, had arrived at the office in a manila envelope with Happy Easter written on the front. <laughs> the envelope found its way to Admiral N. Firth, who opened the letter and thumbed through the book. He was intrigued not just by the subject matter of Jessup's book, but by the fact that it had been annotated by what looked like three different people. Three different shades of ink blue, purple, and blue green, according to one version had underlined and added notes to Jessup's writing. One of the notemakers identified himself as Jemmy, and the other two became known as Mr. A and Mr. B. The annotations contained references to the Philadelphia experiment. Quote, U.S. Navy's force field experiments, 1943, October, produced invisibility of crew and ship, fearsome results, so terrifying as to, fortunately, further research halted. There were also references to aliens, force fields, undersea buildings, and dematerialization.
2: Here we go. All
1: scrawled in the margins of Jessup's book.
2: Yeah, just bring it all in now. Just pour it all on.
0: Mm. I'm not going to lie like I want to read it.
1: This annotated version of the case for the UFO was passed by Admiral Firth to several other Navy personnel, including Major Daryl L. Ritter, who was the uh, aeronautical project officer at the Office of Naval Research. It was then passed on to Captain Sidney Sherby and Commander George W. Hoover, who was a Special Projects Officer. Sherby and Hoover were working in- the Sherbs. S- and we're Sherbs working- and Hoover. What Sherbs was and Hooves. Sherbs and Hooves. working in satellite development and were part of the team that would eventually put the first American satellite into orbit around the Earth.
2: Hey. Cool.
1: Captain Sherby then took the book to VARO, a private company working with the U.S. government on aerospace design and manufacturing for the military. Mm,
2: They sound sinister.
1: Sherby asked VARO to print up a small run of the annotated copies of Jessup's book with a secretary named Miss Michael Ann Dunn given the arduous tasks of typing up the entire book with the bizarre notes for reprinting for government use. Just prior to this reprint, the Office of Naval Research invited Jessup to their headquarters and showed them the annotated version of his book. Jessup immediately recognized one of the sets of handwriting as that of Carl M. Allen. Hmm. The annotation shared the same irregular spellings, capitalizations, and punctuation.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He freaking did it
2: himself. Yeah. he, uh, he, He ghost wrote this fake like an annotated book and sent it to to the So um, the
1: so yeah it, it does appear at this point <coughs> that the one guy who's contacting the UFO researcher has also sent a copy of the book with his own notes in it to the Navy as well yep. to get them to talk to the UFO researcher just to try and make it all seem a bit more like yep, above board what it or is. whatever yeah I feel certain that I have two letters from one of the commentators, Jessup told the officers at the Naval Research Base. He presented the letters from Allen to the officers, and according to Hockheimer, the officers studied the two letters and concluded that Allen's writing style, wording, and punctuation matched the first of the three commentators. An ONR officer said to Mr. Jessup, You may be interested in knowing that your book, along with all the notes, is going to be reproduced in a limited edition for circulation among some of our top people. Mr. Jessup left the office of Naval Research bewildered and puzzled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think that's from um, from Hockheimer's website. That bit there.
0: Yep. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So twelve copies of the annotated ver- annotated version of the case for the UFO were printed on behalf of the U.S. government's Office of Naval Research by the Vero Manufacturing Comp- Corporation of Garland, Texas, and this reprinting is known as the Vero Edition from the introduction to a later re-release of the Vero edition. Quote, The notes had a tone of absolute weirdness. Sometimes they agreed with Jessup's original text. Sometimes they contradicted it as they referred to two types of people living in space. They specified two habitats for the space people, Underseas and what they termed the Stasis Neutral, the latter term apparently in agreement with Jessup's exposition on points of neutral gravity in space. What what
2: about the blue chickens and the golden triangle head people? Oh, yeah. Between
0: (laughs) the- The intergalactic senate. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Between it mentioned the building of undersea cities and identified two groups of spacemen, LMs and SMs. The LMs were designated as peaceful, the SMs as sinister. Hmm. Of the 12 copies of the Varro edition, one was given to Jessup, who read the annotations thoroughly and made his own notes on slips of paper that he slid into the pages like bookmarks. More copies were eventually printed and circulate, circulated among UFO buffs, with the copies of the original 12 becoming much sought-after possessions. And I didn't look to see what they go for, but uh, they because there's only 12 of them, they're very, very hard to, to find and yeah. very rare. But they've you can read online um, full- reprints of the vero edition which i had the absolute pleasure of doing
0: yeah was it good or what
1: no it's fucking terrible it's <laughs> it's a it's a book and then there's three lots of of crazy notes in between yeah yeah and it's as crazy and batshit insane as it as it sounds yeah, yeah cool good times the things i do for this podcast <laughs> dance monkey yeah <laughs> um in the introduction to the Vero edition, quote, "Notations that imply intimate knowledge of UFOs, their means of motion, their origin, background, history, and habits of beings in occupying UFOs provide an interesting subject for investigation." Such notations were found in a copy of the paperback edition of MK Jessup's Case for the UFO because of the important with which we attach to the possibility of discovering clues to the nature of gravity. No possible item, however disreputable from the point of view of classical science, should be overlooked. Hmm. So it's so them just like backing their own thing. Of no, this is why we're going to publish this batshit crazy thing for yeah. science. We shouldn't yeah. overlook anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's art.
1: The introduction, <laughs> f- the introduction further states that careful study of the notes of, the, of Mr. A and Mr. B is they might be twins, and that the pair of them and Jemmy are gypsies. It also indicates the government studied the annotations so closely that they, were th- that they thought there might be a hidden code in the underlined words, but they could not find anything. Mm. So, the government's actually taking this seriously. Seriously enough that they've printed up 12 copies of this new annotated version, and they're studying it for codes. Right. Why are they doing that codes of of what if there's something in it that makes more sense that they can like decipher, well, yeah. about what though? The fact that it's how to turn ships invisible, UFOs, uh, fucking no. alien beings that are sinister, undersea cities. Into, they would
2: already know whether they conducted an experiment that was a success or not. Why would
1: they need a manuscript from a third party? Maybe that- it was covered up. Maybe like they didn't. That was hidden. From ten years later, they didn't. That didn't, these people in the navy didn't research. Didn't know that. Because okay. it, it's I, a I massive think it's more hole that like. They know
0: that, you know, this this whatever experiment has happened. And now they're like, well, but how do you know about it? Like, yeah, where's the right? leak? Yeah. yeah.
1: Or how do we actually make it work properly so it doesn't turn our guy, our sailors into shipmen?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. they're trying to maybe this guy. Yeah. Because he's obviously picked it up after the fact. No. Furthering no, our no. understanding because knowledge is power. <laughs>
1: Jessup maintained contact with the naval research department over the years and had even been asked to be a consultant on a new experiment they wanted to perform, but Jessup turned them down.
2: <laughs> uh, and and maybe you know, do you want to be on the crew? You know, I'm just putting it out there. Maybe
0: crew number three. Well, we could get you out here one day.
1: Uh... I think this is this is par- this is reasonably. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible mutant. I think this part is reasonably verified that at some point the Navy has, con- has been continually contacting this ufologist and said, hey, do you want to come and work on this project with us? Which is pretty crazy. Wow. That's
2: ridiculous. Yeah. oh
1: a friend wrote that Jessup rejected the Navy offer because he was convinced such experiments were dangerous. And quote could temporarily, and if strong enough, perhaps permanently rearrange the molecular structure of people and materials so that they would pass into another dimension, with further implications of predictable and as yet uncontrolled teleportation. See you
2: now, like he's just so responsible. Now he's, he's thinking of he's doing it for the sailors. You know, he doesn't want to like.
1: Won't somebody these think of the sailors? Yeah. yeah. Over the years, Alan would send over 50 letters to Jessup. Jessup wrote three more UFO books over the next two years, including UFOs and the Bible, and tried to make a living off his writing, but he was unsuccessful. On April 19, 1959, Jessup contacted Dr. J. Manson Valentine, a longtime friend of Jessup's who was an oceanographer, archaeologist, and zoologist. That's fucking Dr. Valentine, the oceanographer, archaeologist, slash (laughs) zoologist. Like, that's- (laughs) This guy's cool.
2: And playboy.
1: <laughs> uh, Jessop reportedly told Valentine he had made a major breakthrough on the Philadelphia experiment. Valentine invited him over for dinner the next night to discuss. Jessop never made it. He was found dead in his car with the cause of death believed to be suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, what was it the CIA? <laughs> <laughs> Jessup never lived to see The Philadelphia Experiment become a movie in 1984 and a sequel, I think. I think there's actually two of them. Really? Uh, yeah. Nor to see a second witness, Al Bialik, come forward. Bialik, a fellow sailor, claimed that seeing the film had triggered his repressed memories, which had been buried by the go- by government brainwashing. Mm. His story backed up Alan's. Hmm. Can you believe it?
0: Mm. Wow.
2: You go. No, no, no. no you you no, no. We no. We have a, a rule that like you go and then I, <laughs> I there's go. There's a you rule, went, but you, no. Just...
0: You went first last time. Did I? Yeah. Okay. Well, it should be a rule that you go first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on, Brady. Fucking do it. Uh, Pull the aid off.
0: No. Um, yeah. No, I don't believe it. But why, I mean, why not? Well, because if that was the case, then that would still be happening in terms of
1: maybe it is.
0: Well, like, my understanding is, like, oh, that there's absolutely, like, <laughs> stealth, like, uh, destroyers and stuff like that. Like, stealth, mm. you know, bombers in yeah, the planes. The like stealth yeah. bombers, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the extent. And I think, yeah, definitely radar invisibility can be achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, but optical invisibility- come on guys well
1: wait where do you see? Oh, no, this oh no
0: there's uh,
1: yeah what? potentially there's like a, a is, cloak
0: yeah no but uh, i don't think they can do oh, it yeah
1: there is there is a cloak that refracts has lighter, been a, yeah, kind yeah.
2: of kind of simulated in, in in a way through like clever use of of bending light and stuff like that mm. but
0: yeah but it's not it's not this it's not like fucking... It's not no, teleporting the, a fucking battleship. It's not across it. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's different. It's slightly different. The, mm. Yeah. The most horrific Transformers ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: All right. So, so... Yeah. So
1: where do you sit, Colonel? Because I know this one's made you very angry in the past.
2: Uh, yeah. Look, it still makes me kind of angry. Uh, the, the part that really bugs me is... Like I said before, like, why- Why were they interviewing a ufologist about an experiment that they purportedly do- Like, did- Like, that- That part is a massive hole in the guy's story. Like, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Unless it was, like, super top secret.
2: Yeah, but even still, like, you just killed a person. You don't, Mm. like- you know, bring them in and start interviewing them and trying to get them involved in your next project when they've written a fucking book about it. Well, But he
1: didn't write a book about the Philadelphia Experiment. He wrote just about UFOs in general and he started looking at, like, gravity and uh, Einstein's unified theory of everything. And then this uh, this third party, this letter writer, has started telling him, because of some of the science stuff he's referencing, is telling him about the Philadelphia Experiment. So, it's this third party guy, Alan, that is- the one who's talking about the Philadelphia Experiment. But it just happens to have been attached to Jessup's book and been given to the Navy. So, yeah, yeah. he has, right, a, he has a written right, a book right, right, about right. the Philadelphia okay. Experiment. He's written about UFOs and the UFO phenomena and saying it needs to be studied and there's lots of things we can potentially learn from this. And the Navy's like, this guy's written an interesting book, all this other Philadelphia Experiment stuff kind of attached to it uh, we don't quite understand we're looking maybe there's a code in there because it's just kind of random rantings of a crazy person but you know and somehow that
2: that's that just seems really stupid too like
1: maybe there's a code in there like
2: yeah yeah. there's never there's a code in everything like if you if you go looking for a code you will find a fucking code this is people
1: will go insane with that knowledge (laughs) this is ron howard's a beautiful mind isn't it where the mathematician has schizophrenia i think it is and he starts seeing codes and everything in it yeah or you know, like
2: the number 24 like that jim carrey uh, yeah. movie where you know everything 24, is 24, 23 23 or whatever it
1: is yeah. Yeah. yeah underrated film uh okay well look if you if you weren't angry now colonel i've got about five pages of stuff that's gonna make your blood boil now so oh, i'm angry Good. already yeah yeah
0: uh, settle in yeah Grab a blanket
1: all right here's the postscript Conspiracy theorists like to claim that Jessup's death was a hit to keep him quiet, but it was widely known among his friends that Jessop was deeply depressed in the lead up to his death. His wife had left him the year before, his publisher had rejected several manuscripts, and he had been undergoing a long, slow recovery from a car accident. Some friends said the Philadelphia experiment, in his growing suspicions that it was all a hoax, had driven him to suicide. Other friends said Jessup had even been discussing suicide for several months. So, the idea that it might as a hit because he was about to uncover something, maybe not so much. Yeah. His good friend, Manson Valentine, noted that Jessup was extremely depressed and several friends had received lengthy rambling letters from Jessup the week before his death that have been described as suicide notes. The Navy has always denied that the Philadelphia experiment took place, but it does seem that the Navy was looking at ways to make ships invisible to radar and or missile technology in 1943, around the time the Philadelphia experiment was supposed to have happened. How, did,
2: how was that cooperated?
1: Uh, That's from official Navy documents.
0: As in it's all but like freedom of information yeah, kind that's of stuff now.
1: Known yeah. that they were trying to do that kind of stuff. So, that, okay. that's not really hidden or secret. Okay. Edward Dudgeon, who claimed to be a crewman of the USS Engstrom, which was harboured with the USS Eldridge, told UFO investigator Jacques F. Vallee that the Navy tried wrapping ships with cables to degauss them. If it had worked, it would have neutralised the magnetic field of the ship and effectively made it, quote, invisible to magnetic torpedoes. Hmm. So, there's some. Uh, Dudgeon also claims to be one of the sailors that disappeared into thin air in the middle of the bar fight. Remember that bit? Yeah, mm. but his version of the story is somewhat less exotic. "Quote: Two of us were miners. The ma- waitresses scooted us out the back door as soon as trouble began, and later denied knowing anything about us." Dudgeon said. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds like a classic sailors out on the yeah. out on the town story. Then S- yeah,
2: out at the back door. They don't walk through a
1: wall. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um. As for the USS Eldridge moving quickly between Philadelphia and Norfolk in less than the two days it would take most vessels. Quote, the Navy used a special inland channel, the desapeake delaware Canal, that bypassed all that. We made the trip in about six hours. Mind you, there have been questions raised about the veracity of Dudgeon as a witness. And also, six hours, you know, Alan's kind of obviously confused that with a matter of seconds or minutes. That yeah, trip. There's a bit yeah. of difference there. But yeah. Even still, the newspaper article reporting on the bar brawl has never been found in an actual paper and is believed to be a fake anyway. Further to this, the USS Eldridge was in the Bahamas at the time of the second experiment, although conspiracy theorists claim the naval records are faked. So, mm.
2: like, I, I was even wondering, like, whether the Eldridge actually existed because uh, yep. of the name.
1: The like, USS Eldridge. Like, uh, well, uh, Eldridge. Eldridge, oh. not, Al- oh, yeah, not Eldridge. I thought it was Eldridge. Yeah, no, yeah. I yeah, where you're going there. Yeah. Right, okay. But that could be... an. But no, there is actually a USS Eldridge. Yep. Right. Yeah. right. That's just my bad pronunci- pronunciation.
2: Right. Gotcha. Your fault again.
1: <laughs> my Yelp reviews is getting lower and lower by the second. <laughs> As for the crew of the USS Eldridge, they reported, quote, uh, sorry, they reportedly, quote, find the story amusing, especially because the ship never docked in Philadelphia. Believers say the crew were all brainwashed by the government. Wow. Which brings us to carl allen the entirety of the philadelphia experiment comes from him yeah allen was indeed a soldier and did serve on the ss andrew furiseth however the furiseth was nowhere near philadelphia or the uss Eldridge when allen claimed it was allen's story has changed numerous times over the years and not a single verifiable witness has ever backed up his story even Hochheimer, who is perhaps the world's leading authority on the Philadelphia experiment, laments on his website that the so-called witnesses are, quote, a small group of people that will not be quoted, much less named. These people claim to have unusual knowledge or even to have been personally involved in the experiment. When these self-proclaimed witnesses do turn up and are asked any direct questions, they usually brush it aside or respond using vague or technical sounding to the layman terms. hmm Hochheimer has no time in particular for Al Bialik and has proven that Bialik shared mutual friends with Jessup and was so aware of the story and was and was so was aware of the story prior to the film's release in 1984 and its apparent triggering of his so-called repressed memories. Hochheimer also proved Bialik wasn't a soldier. A now long-gone website called (laughs) BialikDebunked.com laid out the fact that Bielek was nowhere near Philadelphia at the time of the experiment. Many of of his statements are demonstrably false and that his story has changed as many times as Alan's. (laughs) So, there's the one other witness who who came out and backed up Alan's story and he is just as fraudulent.
0: Yeah. What a-
1: God. Is that a bandwagon I see passing by? Yeah, with yeah. one guy on it. Yeah. So <laughs> it sure does look
2: like there's a lot of room on that oh, bandwagon. Pardon, we got magnets. <laughs> uh, In
1: 1969, fed up with everyone else seemingly making money out of the Philadelphia experiment, but not him, Alan paid a visit to the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization. He had with him a copy of the Varrow edition and a note. The note referenced his letters to Jessup and the very first ever reference to the Philadelphia experiment. In it, Alan wrote, quote, All words, phrases and sentences underlined on the following pages in brown ink are false. The below page and the top part of the following were and are the craziest pack of lies I ever wrote. My object to encourage ONR research and to discourage Professor Morris K. Jessup from going further with investigations possibly leading into actual research. So he's just admitted that he is he all three commentators in the value yeah yeah, yeah yeah and that it, that he made it up basically <laughs> pretty much the whole thing there wow <clears throat> in short he said he had made it all up to quote scare the hell out of Jessup. in his book the case for the ufo Jessup had been encouraging people to write to the congressmen and representatives and push for further research into einstein's unified field theory Allen feared a breakthrough in that research would demoralize society, and so concocted his hoax to discourage Jessup. Hmm. So had an interesting a, he way had, to go about it.
0: He had good intentions, at least.
1: Yeah, but he made up the whole of the yeah, Philadelphia experiment. Yeah, but he came off but... like a dick. Yeah. For much of his life, Alan was considered a man of mystery. In 1986, Alan came out of hiding and made his so-called deathbed statement, reaffirming that this time that the Philadelphia experiment was true. By now, his story had morphed into 144 different experiments, many conducted personally by Einstein, who trained Alan in the theory of invisibility and that Alan was one of only four people in the US that understood unified field theory. Yes, Commander
2: Einstein, I will direct Corporal Easter Bunny to (laughs) press the button on the magnetic field generator.
1: The story yeah. has significantly vamped up here by this time. Like, we're now, uh, like, nearly 30 years after he first started writing these letters. So. well, He also claimed Jessup did not die by suicide. It was an assassination attempt. But Jessup killed the would-be assassin and took his ID. Alan claimed he- Assumed he- his identity. Yeah. Alan claimed he met up with Jessup two years after Jessup's supposed death. He also claimed he was on the run from communists. During the interview, Alan asked the reporter if he could borrow $10 to mail out copies of his latest book. (laughs) Despite claiming he was on his deathbed, Alan lived another eight years, eventually dying in 1994.
2: (laughs) Eight years on your deathbed?
1: Wow. 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 Maybe it was just to try and get some more money. Yeah, Sympathy, totally. Come out know. and
0: tell people. Yeah, yeah Come and do come my and,
1: interview. Come Instead and hear
2: of, it direct from the source. Like
1: Instead of it being like, here's a crazy man talking about the Philadelphia experiment, here's a, a dying man who wants to reveal government secrets. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But Alan was not a man of mystery. Most so-called researchers just didn't try very hard to find him. Robert A. Gorman, writing for Fate magazine in 1980- found out who he was and spoke with Alan's parents. They described him as a joke puller and implied he had mental health issues. They showed Gorman the many letters and writings Alan had sent them. Among them, Alan admitted he was behind all three sets of annotations in the Vero edition. Writes Gorman, It is clear that the legend of Carl Allen, or Carlos Alonde, is mostly fiction. If someone were to write a book telling the real story, its title might be The Philadelphia Hoax, Project Gullibility. <laughs>
0: burn
1: (laughs) in fact most ufo experts and philadelphia expert experiment aficionados believe the whole thing is a hoax william l moore who co-wrote the 1979 book which was adapted into the 84 film the philadelphia experiment quote no longer believes the philadelphia experiment involved invisibility or teleportation historian mike dash said most writers after jessup quote appeared to have conducted little or no research of their own and hockheimer said much of what is out there is psy- pseudo-scientific psycho-spiritual fluff <laughs> hmm. i'll leave the final word to the x-files book of the unexplained volume two which oh. is one of my favorite source materials
2: <laughs> Quote, I, own, I own that book too
1: yeah i got yeah. volume one as well just, yeah this oh. one i think the silver one and the black one they yeah, just I got great both. good yeah. books. Yeah. Quote, it would be highly surprising if the Philadelphia experiment ever took place. The simple fact is that even now, 50 years later, the only object that quantum physicists seem able to make disappear is common sense.
0: Ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is why it's my favorite source book. It's well, <laughs> that was a really long
0: time just to set up that one line.
1: Yeah. Hey, look, I'm all about the slow burn, <laughs> commit to the bit. Yeah. People just turning this off in disgust. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though, that that one is one of those- It is seen as like a classic paranormal story. But the amount of people who actually believe it is so small. Like, even the experts in it don't believe it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, partly because Alan just retracted things left, right, and center. As- and then went back on them and then, and then changed it all. And it all just comes from him.
2: As like- part of your research, did you watch the movie? I, I can't no, remember I didn't. seeing the movie-
1: Yeah, I've never seen it.
2: it. I'll have to check that up.
1: I Um, want to say Mark Harmon, but I don't have anything to back that up.
0: You just want to say that name. Mark Harmon.
1: Yeah. From NCIS. Um,
0: Maybe he gets royalties. Just every time I say Mark Harmon. Yeah. Keep up the good work, bud.
1: (laughs) So, anyway, there you go. That's the story of the Philadelphia experiment. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you can find all the sources for that stuff uh, mostly on Spotify. This is probably going to be other places as well. Get it on your favourite podcast app. Um, I know we like should it, probably- Like it, subscribe it. I think you're supposed to say these things. We never do. I know like we it, should probably um,
0: <laughs> put this at the start of the podcast, but mm. don't actually eat magnets, please.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully no one's turned off before this part where we clear that up. Yeah.
2: Unless, you know, there's a magnet company out there that wants to sponsor- the podcast and for edible magnets and we're totally oh yeah. we'll take your we'll yeah. take your
1: dirty magnet money okay stay tuned yeah. shut
0: up <laughs> magnet chunks oh no that's this so
1: this is the writing process <laughs> <laughs> this is how we write our next sponsor yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah.
0: The, the snake eating itself but it's,
1: it's getting very meta now yeah
0: it's, it's time to sign off guys
1: okay thanks for listening and uh yes don't turn into a boatman
2: Yeah, yeah stay away from magnets
1: also don't eat magnets
2: thank you